When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. Welcome to episode 545 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Ian Hilton, and of course, the big headline today is that Barcelona against Real Madrid, El Clasico on Sunday for a trophy that Xavi could win for the second straight season, the Spanish Super Cup. That's the big headline. As I said on the podcast yesterday, there were years, as in the first maybe one to two to three years, I'd say Liverpool and that whole thing, that whole debacle, was when I began to talk about the Spanish Super Cup as a trophy being important for Barcelona. But prior to that, I wasn't really talking about the Spanish Super Cup. But as I've been mentioning this season, it is imperative for Xavi to right the ship. And beating Real Madrid in El Clasico, I know the whole thing about this competition taking place in Saudi Arabia and, you know, just not really feeling the way it should. But thinking back to last year, winning a trophy is winning a trophy. And that's where Barcelona are. So I don't even care too much about how they beat Osasuna 2-0 in this one, which I want to warn you right off from the jump. For those who are coming to this five headlines with a bunch of criticism or complaints, you can have those in other matches. And I've certainly gone through them this season. But I'm not going to be too harsh in this one. So let's jump in. The five headlines from Barcelona's 2-0 win over Osasuna in the semifinals of the Spanish Super Cup. Headline one is too harsh before half. I'm diving right into this because, as I've said, I think the criticism, especially even at halftime when it was 0-0, was a bit too much. I think Barcelona against this low block, we know that it can take some time to break a team down. And Osasuna, I want to give them the kind of credit they deserve. They're 12th in the league. They are coming off a season last year where they 
in a sense, overachieved. But they did make the final of the Copa del Rey. That's how they got into the Spanish Super Cup. And they deserve a little bit of respect. And I thought 0-0 was fair to them at halftime. Barcelona, though, from the jump, they knew they were going to try to break this down. It was just kind of a matter of time. And yeah, don't give up a counterattack goal on the other side. So they defended, that being Barcelona in a 4-3-3 with Balde working hard to get back into that left-back spot. And they attacked in that 3-2-5 with uh, when the other team is going to defend with five at the back. That's the way to go about it. Right from the jump, Barcelona, I thought, was on the front foot, though. They didn't seem to me to start slow. They didn't give up an early goal. And Rafinha's touch on the right, right off the jump, was good from a long diagonal. Christensen volley wouldn't have counted, though. Torres is offside. But Barcelona almost lost out on the immediate long ball to the keeper. Koundé saving Barca's bacon there, right in front of Anaki Pena's goal. And it was a quick start and an exciting start, I thought, to the match. So just judging from my notes in this first half, I don't understand, again, at halftime, people calling it boring or say that it wasn't too good. Ferran Torres could have had the first goal. He was wide after Barca did a good job pressing. De Jong stepping up, keeping it in a dangerous position, and Torres just wide on the shot. That could have been one. But then Osasuna, we're still within the first 10 minutes. Another two opportunities for them in the ninth to 10th minute. Lots of action early. I liked that Rafinha was defending and dropping in to deal with Osasuna's numbers and kind of respecting the fact that Osasuna, while they weren't having a ton of possession in Barcelona's third of the field, when they did put bodies forward, you couldn't take that lightly. And I thought Rafinha did a good job defending to start the game. 11th minute, there was a tremendous ball, diagonal ball, I should say, from Araujo to Balde. Balde couldn't make anything of it, and I didn't think Balde had a great first half, but Araujo was really showing that he has improved with the ball at his feet, and I like to see that kind of stuff. 13th minute, Roberto had the choice of Rafinha to his right and Lewandowski to his left. You know, this moment's kind of forgotten, and it wasn't in the highlight packages I saw either, but this is a huge moment. He chooses to go to Lewandowski to his left, and I guess he chose wrong because Lewandowski was stopped by the keeper. I thought Rafinha actually had a better angle on goal, but Roberto goes with Lewandowski, which we learned later in the game made sense, and you want to get Lewandowski scoring, but he missed it at the time. Osasuna also tried to take advantage of the refs, allowing them to play with a bit of physicality when Barca players were trying to pass and move. And yeah, I thought the referee kind of allowed them to gum the game up quite a bit. He was slow to give that first yellow card. But I don't want to make an excuse for Barcelona. You have to kind of push that off your shoulder and power through that. I also thought that Barcelona did in a sense, power through that. With the system that they were playing, they were unafraid to get bodies forward with Christensen and Araujo jumping forward at times into the attack when Gundogan or De Jong would drop deep. And I really liked the shape that Barcelona had in that first half. 28th minute, a tremendous through ball from Gundogan to the overlapping Koundé. The cutback was good enough, but Roberto scuffed that shot. Another opportunity for Barcelona. 31st minute then, Lewandowski. The header goes wide on the corner. He jumped early, but couldn't get the necessary power and direction. Again, nor opportunities. I don't want to hear anything about Barcelona being boring. The ball wasn't fine in the back of the net. 39th minute was the worry, though. Araujo gets nutmegged by Budimir on the counterattack. The questions about his defensive form being a concern this season. That was another one of those instances, but Iñaki Pena coming out to make the save. And Osasuna also had some life at the end of the first half. So it wasn't all roses for Barcelona. It sounds like I'm just because of the result saying that Barcelona were fine. But no, they could have been better, certainly in that first half on the offensive side of things. But defensively, even they struggled almost limping into halftime and literally limping with the 42nd minute Rafinha coming out for Lamini Mall. A terrific ball in for Lewandowski from Lamini Mall right before halftime. Lewandowski couldn't get the shot off, but Lamini also won a corner before halftime too. And I thought that with Osasuna kind of taking back a little bit of the energy, the introduction of Lamini Mall allowed Barcelona to take some of the energy back themselves. But 
what I will criticize Barcelona for in that first half, as this headline, remember, is not to be too harsh, but the one thing I think is not too harsh to say is that Barcelona absolutely need to get more pace on the ball, horizontally, even diagonally. Yes, there were some good balls picked out, but then the minute that ball would settle into Rafinha or Balde, or even the balls in through the middle to Lewandowski or Ferran Torres, they just weren't moving the ball quick enough. It wasn't getting to the next progression, and they had to change that at halftime. But I do think outside of that, the halftime criticism was a bit harsh. When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's Pique and Puyol or Pique and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention, those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy and all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content, everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Headline two is Gundogan's quality. Frankie de Jong was also sensational in this game. I'll talk about him in the next headline. But this full headline is really just about Gundogan. Of course, jumping ahead, he got the assist, sure. 
This, to me, was one of the best games that Gunawan has played in a Barcelona uniform. I, I was also confused when I saw some of the feedback about De Jong and, and Gundogan struggling or Barcelona's formation or anything like that. Again, against a low block, I thought Gundogan and De Jong were really, really superb together. I thought it was their best game as a double pivot, and Gundogan had the room and space and even the tenacity to show his quality in this game. 104 touches. He had 82 of 85 passes completed. That was most of anybody in the field for 96%. Five of six on his long balls. He had two crosses in. Six chances created in the game, which was the most. He was dispossessed zero times. Not a single time was he dispossessed. He had two shots. Both were on target. Had a tackle, had a clearance, had seven ball recoveries with seven of nine on his ground duels and also won three fouls. Gunawan just fantastic in this game. Really exciting to see. And I hope this is more from him. Yeah, he still had to play 90 minutes. And there are times when I feel like I would love to see him get some rest and rotation throughout this season. But maybe that holiday break was good for him. As much as it wasn't really I think, good for other players who haven't come back firing, I think maybe that week and a half or whatever it was off for him might have done him well. Headline three is solid spine. They said I want to also extend some of the compliments to the rest of what was the spine of Barcelona that I thought made them really good in this game. Araujo, Christensen, even Koundé, I'll throw him in there because Barcelona, again, were playing three at the back. And then De Jong and Gundogan. Frankie De Jong kind of sum up his day. He had a tremendous move in the second half, pushing the ball forward to Lamini Mall, to Koundé, and then into Lewandowski slash Jao Felix, but they couldn't get a decent look. But either way, Frankie De Jong, I thought his decision-making in when to push the ball forward and when to drop in and help build up with Araujo or Christensen or even allow them to push forward and for Araujo in that first half to become that additional striker or whatever you want to call it when Barcelona had sustained possession. I thought his positional sense was tremendous on the day. And again, if it wasn't Gundogan, who was my man of the match, it would have been Frankie de Jong. I thought he was fantastic. Now, some of the other guys, though, as a reason I say spine, because Torres couldn't really find the game in the first half. He was better in the second half, but kind of was missing in that first half. But his absence to affect the game in the first half kind of affected how I kind of judge his overall performance today. And then same with Balde. I thought in the first half, his ability to go or lack of now ability to go 1v1 against opposition, he was sound defensively and I thought he made some good decisions defensively. But it's a weird thing that now I've become comfortable with saying Baldi is a good defender. But offensively, it just shuts so much down on that left flank when you're just not getting him in behind. It's one thing if they were playing through balls or he was trying to make those runs in behind, but they also don't want to leave themselves too exposed. So he's not really making those runs in behind because you can't really have Ferran Torres even dropping in for him because you need Ferran Torres to be playing off Lewandowski. So I totally understand that He's holding off those runs, but if he's not making those runs, that means you're just giving the ball to feet, and Balde is not beating anybody 1v1. So it is really a quandary about what to do with Balde if he's unable to beat players off the dribble, and he's unwilling to, and not even his fault. But again, positionally, it doesn't make sense for him to try to get in behind like that. I think Barcelona just had to be more careful about picking their moments in the moments that either Frankie de Jong or, again, even Ferran Torres. I mean, Jao Felix is not defending for him. I think that was a major problem we saw in the second half, too, that I'll talk about Jao Felix in a second, but Jao Felix does not step in and defend as that left back. Maybe Ferran Torres will do that job a little bit more, and you're absolutely going to need Ferran Torres to drop in if Baldi is going to make those runs in behind. Because if not, again, you're just not getting enough offensively from Baldi on that left side. This isn't really related to this headline, but while we're talking about solid spines, I do want to give some credit to, when I said Ususuna, to who would have been my man of the match if this went to extra time. And that was Juan Cruz, the left center back for Ososuna. 
he absolutely had to get it right, especially when they were trailing one nothing, trying to push those wingbacks forward. I thought Juan Cruz just had a really, really good day. And those are the kind of players that being Juan Cruz, 31-year-old, long-time player in the Spanish league, who you don't really talk about. I don't think I've ever even mentioned his name in all these years of hosting the podcast. So on these days, I just want to mention that there are quality players in the rest of La Liga. And sometimes there are guys who, in a tournament setting like this, and maybe one of the biggest matches that Osasuna has played. Yeah, again, Saudi Arabia, Spanish Super Cup, whatever. Anyway, one of the biggest games of Juan Cruz's career. And he had a good one, so I want to give him credit. Headline four is Lewandowski's confidence. Going from Juan Cruz, somebody I've never talked about, to Lewandowski, somebody that we constantly need to be talking about. Let's talk about the 1-0, because before that, I think the criticism for him in the match was fair. He had a really heavy touch in that first half, and for the things that weren't working for Barcelona offensively, I think Lewandowski was a part of it. While I credited De Jong and Gundogan for their decision-making as when to push forward, when to drop in deeper— Lewandowski, I felt the opposite. I felt like there were times when he was dropping in when I felt like he just needed to be making a run off of Ferran Torres like he got the goal for. And when the movement between those two finally seemed to work out, I mean, it's no surprise that Lewandowski puts it in the back of the net, but it kind of was because you didn't really feel like Lewandowski was going to get one in that game. Now, Osasuna does have maybe a small gripe, but having watched this many, many times, I don't think so. I, I think that Arnaiz, the former Barcelona player, went down a little bit too easily. Christensen didn't foul him. It wasn't enough contact. So that means Christensen wins the ball back cleanly. Osasuna, they stopped playing too, which it wasn't just on Arnaiz who was trying to sell the foul. A bunch of other players didn't push forward. But Gundogan, hey, I didn't hear a whistle. Play on, thread the needle to Lewandowski, who still had a lot to do on the shot too. Lewandowski runs in behind Torres, as I said, to create the space for himself and then holds off Garcia well and finished with a ton of confidence, which is what you want to see. This was his first non-penalty goal since November against Alaves, which is astonishing to me and almost a shock to the system to remind me that he is out of form for all the ways that we see Lewandowski and his reputation. He's been out of form and hopefully this is the confidence boost he needs. Because at that point, I think Barcelona were not, say, protecting the 1-0, but in a knockout competition like this, they know what the job at hand was. So 61st minute, Joao Felix and Pedri on for Torres and Roberto, who I thought both, they ran well, they put in a good shift. Again, they didn't really sparkle for me. They were kind of absent at times, both of them at times in the game, but I thought they both put in a good shift against a team in Osasuna that Barcelona was trying to put on the back foot. 80% possession is 80% possession, and even though they didn't have the goals to show for it, they still had to make the runs, check to the ball, and the tireless effort of Ferran Torres and Roberto, I don't want to ignore it, but yeah, of course, finishing product means I'm going to praise him a little bit more. 68th minute, Jao Felix fed through by De Young. As I said, compliments for De Young in this game, really decisive, but Jao Felix here too. I mean, I wanted to see a response from him coming off the bench. It was saved by the keeper, but it was a good effort from Jao Felix. He had a really good ball from Laminia Mall a few minutes later, but I was also frustrated on the other side of it. Again, this is the cup half full, cup half empty. He did look pretty disinterested in defending when Barcelona were up one nothing, and so that was disappointing, as positive as some of the good stuff was. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Which leads me to headline five, which is a second to break the streak. Now, Osasuna, before we get to that second goal, of course, that came in stoppage time, Osasuna were pushing after their subs. This game was in the balance when it was one nothing, And all of those mischances that I mentioned in that first headline, they could have come to rue. And then we're talking about a totally different match review. Now, at that point, too, I'm writing down the stat. It would have been the 13th straight win by one goal. At that point, it had been 12 straight wins by one goal. They had not beaten a team. I don't need to tell you, you know this. They hadn't beaten a team by more than one since September against Antwerp in that 5-0. And then before that, of course, the 5-0 against Real Betis. So every game has been by the slimmest of margins. Fortunately, Pedri returned. I think they were rushing him. I was on my hands with clenched fists against my chair, frustrated to watch Pedri out there because every time somebody touches him, I lose my breath. But his ball retention was just excellent as always. And it's so frustrating to me that it's not even like Pedri takes any time to jump right back out there and be back to what he does best. Again, his ball retention, another level when you're trying to close out a game, one nothing. A reminder too, that of all those one nothings or the slim margins that Barcelona winning with last season in the Liga to win the title. While Pedri wasn't always healthy, can him keeping hold of the ball and getting fouled in the final third or the, the other team's half of the field, it's just so essential to closing out games and grinding the opposition down, taking the wind out of their sails. 2 nothing though, of course, that's what really blew the wind out of Osasuna's sails. And Jafos, again, it's a compliment sandwich here where Positive, I thought, coming on. Defending was frustrating to me. But the second goal, a lot of class, showing you just how good he can be in these moments. And I think what makes him so frustrating, because he is capable of moments of magic like this. He did so much of the work on the second goal, sets it up, flicks it back to Pedri, who plays him on. Then Joao Felix beats his man with a nutmeg, then makes the right choice to Lamine and could have tried to push through to Lewandowski, but Lamine was the man who had the better angle on goal, so he threads the needle, takes one touch, does Lamine set himself up before the confident finish. This is exactly what I wanted to see from Lamine He was thrown into this game a little early, of course. He wasn't expected to come in off the bench, but as I said, 2,000 minutes, but hey, three to four goals here in the second half of the year for a 16-year-old. Two thumbs way up for me on Lamini Mall. Now, whether or not Rafinha is fresh, I don't know how Xavi would start if Rafinha isn't ready to go for the final. Is it Lamini Mall who starts with Ferran Torres again on the left? Or is it Ferran Torres starting on the right and Jao Felix on the left and Xavi choosing again to keep Lamini Mall coming off the bench? So I think those are the options that Xavi has. I don't have another podcast prepared. So all the forecasts and predictions for the Spanish Super Cup final, I think that'll come out as the injuries and updates come out because that game is already on Sunday. 
So I'm finishing this up now and you won't hear this until probably early Friday morning. So by that time, again, you're talking about two days until the final. El Clasico against Real Madrid. And it really is one of those hypotheticals going into the Spanish Super Cup and El Clasico kind of smacks you right in the face. So I also didn't smack you in the face with any promotion at the start. So let me hit you here at the end. Again, please subscribe on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm on Patreon. The Barcelona Podcast is the best way to help the show, but also merch. Actually, that's the best way to help the show because you get to wear the merch too. And I guess that's kind of cool. And I like the logo. It was a good design. So I'm proud of it. You can do that there. Close Facebook group and Discord. Those are the other ways to have conversations with this Barcelona Podcast community. But most importantly, thanks so much for listening to the show. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Forward to Barcelona.